Episode 72. 70 who? 70 you. Whisper in your lover's ear. Text the sound hawk. 303-548-6877. Welcome to Natch. Good to be back. It is good to be back, but not if you're Joe Perry. No, poor guy. What happened? He collapsed on stage like a old man does <laughs> an old vampire what's the name of his band the dirty oh, vampire hollywood vampire the hollywood and it's with uh, that embarrassing johnny depp guy what do you mean embarrassing have you seen his new i'm gonna this is gonna be my new haircut everything about him is kind of embarrassing Ooh, ouch yeah he's, he's not aging as well as you might hope heartthrob it's heartbreaking to watch what's eating gilbert grape and realize what once was I haven't watched it i think once you once you have enough make enough money as an actor to buy an island hmm you start to get a little lost in your own head, you know? He's had, a little too isolated. He said to give pieces of that fortune away to some young ladies. Yep. Joe Perry, Amaro Harris. Why do we care about this again? Uh, Tamar Haspel. <laughs> Whoa, that was the sound hawk and guinea fowl. Hello, there we go. Okay. Uh, we care about this because of Tamar Haspel. We, we, we do she, have this weird Aerosmith thing going. We like only to tweet out Aerosmith's tweets, retweets. Yeah, and the the best part is I don't think she really listens to the show or even knows that we do it. Or 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 likes Aerosmith. She doesn't like Aerosmith. But there was one time when she said she almost listened to an episode because we tweeted her about something, but then we opened the episode talking about Aerosmith. Oh. She's like, "You had me until Aerosmith." Gotcha. And so our backlash ever has since been that we've, she's an Aerosmith we've fan. We've been paying so, close attention to Aerosmith. Uh, I like it. I think we should get into Aerosmith. You know what? <clears throat> so, you can see they're not happy about that. Whoa. Oh, man. That guinea fowl just will not be silenced. <laughs> Let me take care of that. God. Oh. Guinea fowl. Post-production might hey, be necessary. Shay Shayan Leland, 20. I, that's my, ow, your cat is eating my toe. Oh. Okay. Go ahead. Oh. Cheyenne Leland, 20. I think, yeah, Cheyenne Leland, 20, who went to the show from Richmond, Richmond Virginia. Virginia, an area Mark is very familiar with. You Love probably the even, South. You know Cheyenne, don't you? I, I have a cousin named Cheyenne. Is this your cousin? Nope. Okay. Because uh, she wore a denim <sighs> miniskirt, a sleeveless denim jacket, and black leather boots with silver studs. Uh, she said she was waiting for a backstage pass when she saw medics rush by with a man on a stretcher, eyes rolled back with an oxygen mask. At first, I was like, Johnny Depp, she said. And then I was like, too much gray, Joe Perry. I was so sad. It was so sad. It was so sad. You and you're reading everything off your phone. 
I love that quote. You know Dude, why? My computer's tied up running the fucking show. I love that quote ass. because that's the New York Times for no apparent reason. Yeah, you didn't really need giving that. all of this like attire detail about Cheyenne Leland. Well, I don't think you even needed this this level of reporting on it, this story. No, it was terribly too so much. So what? So she mistook him, She thought he was Johnny Depp, but it wasn't. Well, what's the subtext of this? Here's this sort of like trashy uh, groupie. Yeah, I think they're waiting ha- in the think, wings for Joe to come off, but Joe couldn't perform. She in was more waiting ways for a backstage pass, yeah. So she was going to get into the green room. In more ways than one. That is not fair and balanced reporting, New York Times. That is Denim some judgment. It is judgment. Passing right? judgment. She can live life the way she wants to live it. That's right. Waiting for Johnny Depp in the wings. Yep. It was so sad. Good luck, Joe Perry. Yeah. Hey, I was a big Aerosmith fan growing up. That's what I was going to say. Not embarrassed to admit that, <sighs> even though I maybe should be. I hesitate to say it, but I mean. We could close the show with a little, uh, little dream on karaoke. That could oh, get we intense. Could. We could, all, but the the second half of on a plane awaits. <laughs> oh, all right. maybe after that fades out, we come back in. Some I mean, dream on could get Bonnie Tyler esque. It could. That's a long song, though. You're really you're gonna put the, uh, put people through some. We'll put it at the very end of the show. Idea. They can tune out if they don't want to hear it. But if they do want to hear it, it's maybe, not. Gonna, it we're not going to do a straight reading of it. It might be there. It might not. Look. Hey, you want to hear my Dong story? Do I ever. That was a good Instagram post, was it not? Man, we're lighting it up on Instagram, people. At Real Natch. Our engagement... Our engagement rate uh, would be the envy I mean, let me of tell sites you. with 10 times the traffic. Almost, almost 170 followers. And roughly, I mean, this engagement, what is this, like 40 per post? Come on. Off the charts. Off the charts. I should have not said either of those stats and just said a percentage. Like no, nah, it's fine. It's full transparency 40 here per, at Natchez. 30%? What? 40 out of 170. It's almost 25. 20, 20 25% engagement. That's super high. On your total. You pay a premium dollar for that base. kind of uh, you bet you do. mojo. Uh, so anyway, this this story might irritate you a little bit because uh, you've, you've been talking up what overnight doesn't? oats for... Months in my ear, right? Mm. I tried it once with a dollop of the sourdough starter. Thought it was kind of gross, but I think the problem was I was oh, using I was using steel cut oats. Oh, not not good. Yeah, too hard. So when we went on our trip, my family went to Nevada City. I uh, was trying to not get stuck gonna... in a trip summary. Oh, this will be a good, quick, food centric trip summary. Quick timestamp right now. What is it? We're at seven minutes and 15 okay. seconds. Okay. So Let's we, see how you do. We met up with our friends, Aaron and Noah, and their young son, Ocean, and we rented a little VRBO in the gold rush town of Nevada City, taken over I by hippies in the 70s. Ocean, what a name. That's great. Yeah, it's, I think it's spelled O-S-I-A-N. Ocean. Probably the cutest baby I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm including how my kids you? in that. I mean, how he is dare just... You? But I haven't seen my, kid, my kids as babies in a You've long time. You've seen my kids... At the same, your kids were like babies little, the same Michelin time. Men, like, Rah! all right, go ahead. They were babies the same time my kids were babies. Yeah. If I went back in time and looked at one of my kids as a, as a baby, that would be the cutest baby I've ever seen. But currently, the title goes to Ocean. Kids adorable. I got one for you. I'm gonna. I just saw it. That's why I'm. Oh, you saw it. a cute baby. No, a, ki- a picture of our kids is when they were young. Oh, okay. Can I continue while you look? Please do. I know you don't even Please listen. You don't do. listen to my vacation wrap ups. So uh, Noah is a he loves to make overnight oats, and so he bought just some you know regular oats, whole oats, 
and then some muesli, and he bathed it in, I think it was macadamia nut milk that we found at the co-op. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. So, soaked that overnight, but he usually went to bed a little later than everyone else. So the first night... I like this he, guy more and more. Yeah, he's kind of brushing it in that way. He'd been talking about overnight oats. I didn't know if he was going to make them, so I woke up in the morning and I went downstairs. They're not hard to make. I know. I just didn't know if he was going to make them, okay. that's all. So I went downstairs, and there was an arrow on the cutting board pointing toward the refrigerator made of oats. So I knew there were some oats in there. I opened it. Huge bowl of overnight oats. In the refrigerator? He does it in the refrigerator. Interesting. Had myself a giant serving. Loved it. And then we were talking it up. And then that night... I decided to take that arrow. Well, that night the conversation somehow turned to uh, sexting. (laughs) I don't recall exactly why. And I remember Nicole was contending that the same guys who like to show off their abs on Instagram and stuff are the same guys that send dick pics to people. That's true. Well, see, I argued because I don't, I don't, I think the two things are independent. Like you show off your abs because you've worked hard. You can actually make changes to your lifestyle to, to affect the way your abs look, but your dick is just your dick. So it's more of just like a, a, a naked approval to, you know, to pun it up. You just want base approval for your member. I don't know that the two are inextricably linked. That's I all. would say, okay, well, no, I'll bet they're linked. I bet it's, it's, it's a Venn diagram. Are we talking about a Venn diagram? One circle, I think so. guys who in- Instagram their abs. Other circle, uh, guys who Instagram dick No, not dicks. Instagram their dicks, but like Snapchat and text their yeah, dicks. Yeah, sorry, whatever. I don't think you can Instagram a dick. It'll get taken down. Facebook Live? Can you Facebook Live it? <clears throat> you can Facebook Live just about anything. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Oh, those are cute kids. Ocean's much younger, though. He's only four months old. Yeah, I don't think they can get They look like they're standing up there. They're hugging. They're hugging. Golly, our kids were cute. Yeah, what should we do with this? You can't see this. No one can see it. Or you could put it in the dock. New, I think Fuck newsletter em. subscribers Fuck can em. see it. Oh, new, all right. But the rest you rabble. Secret link no. in the dock. I'm going to put it uh, secret Instagram link. You're not going to know where it is. I'm just going to throw it in there somewhere. Or you're going to hyperlink something? Yeah, you can link to that Instagram post of... Mark, you are <laughs> just a social media... Ne- needlessly complicated yeah. for something nobody really wants to... All right, go ahead. True. So anyway, after the dick conversation, I woke up the next morning and came downstairs, excited for overnight oats, and thrilled to find a an oat cock and balls on... Prompt, oh, I love it. I thought you had done it. He did it? He did it. He oh, made that oat it. cock and balls. This guy's great. That was the man. I'm in. Oat cock and balls pointing at the fridge. <laughs> oh, man. And, can I come next year? And those oats were even better than uh, the night before. So. I can do a more elaborate sculpture. I'm sure you could. You, he didn't have veins on his. I'm sure you oh. would go for that. You're a details man. I am a details man. Okay, it's good. That's, so, so that that's was a couple minutes. Moving on. But that, Yeah, that was a good story. So, But the overnight oat saga continues because then I... That's, none of this is even the beginning of the outline of your trip summary. This, now I'm moving to the first thing. This one's oh. quick. This one's quick. Yeah, okay. So we drove from Nevada City up to Leavenworth, Washington, and it was funny because Nevada City is this gold rush town in Nevada, or I mean in California, it's called Nevada City because it's close to the border, right? I know. But it's like this, it's this kind of kitschy gold rush town, not like super kitschy, but they've just held on to the, the appearance of that town. It looks it's like historic, but it's also very hip. There's I lived kind of up a, there for a couple of years. kind of like years. a Brooklyn vibe to Nevada City, yep. a little bit, like the crustiest parts of Brooklyn. But then we go to Leavenworth, Washington, which is at the foot of the Cascade Mountains. It's a Bavarian village. My grandma has lived there for 60 uh, years, I think. Huh. City ordinance. Anything in the downtown area has to be made to look Bavarian. <laughs> is that legal? If you have a city ordinance, it is. What's Trump going to do about that? 
I think Trump would probably like Leavenworth, unfortunately. But it's it's in the, one of the most beautiful I parts of the state. Tear that shit down. Build up a glass castle. Bavarian village. This is America. All right. Well, they're just paying homage to, I think, some of the Bavarian folk who maybe settled there. And it looks like the Alps. So they. I don't think there's any need to pay homage to anybody. All right. Easy. I'm kidding. It's funny that you I'm bring- all about the old people. It's funny that you brought up Trump, though, because as we were driving. Remember our Red Wendell Berry episode from last week? Oh, yeah. Respect what we can learn from the... Yeah, yeah affection. Uh, as we were driving from Sacramento to Nevada City and then up through Oregon into Washington State, we saw a number of Trump Make America Great mm. again, mm. like posters, big signs on the side of the road on people's property, you know? Had a boffo idea here. I can't wait. You know, you just get some... Fonty person like Dife to tell you what what font is he using on that slogan on those posters, and then you print up a bumper sticker style thing that just says "hate" in red lettering instead of the blue on white or whatever it is, and then you just put the word "hate" over "great" because it seems like that's what he's really Ooh, trying to make do. Make America hate again. That's deep thinking right there. You're a yeah. That's like Shepard Fairy. Big time. In fact, if you want to, that's a if stunt. Shepard Fairy wants to You're figure stunting. out what that font is and print those up, he can have it. So anyway, we get to Leavenworth. My uncle Jim still lives there. He's kind of, he's not a hippie, but he's like, he's the dude who drinks silver tea in the morning, which is just hot water. And I found out that his new thing. <laughs> it's called silver tea? That's what he calls it. He but stayed, it's just hot water. He stayed with us like years ago. And I, every morning I'd be like, you want tea or coffee? He's like, I'll just have some silver tea. I'm like, all right. <laughs> it's just hot water. Oh, that's a good old that, man yeah. joke. But it, you know, it spurs the digestive fires, I suppose. Oh, warm Stokes beverage. them. Okay. He eats just a lot of brown rice, and his his front yard is just like a giant vegetable garden, so he just eats out of his garden. Pretty solid dude. Uh, and he told me that he's been... Is this really a medical in- thing? Not really. Just wants to eat out of his garden and brown he's rice and hot water. Guy. Oh, yeah. healthy guy. Right. Healthy guy. I think he had a prostate cancer scare a couple of years ago, but he's fine. But uh, he told me that he and his girlfriend, Joan, are really into fermented foods. So they've been fermenting lots of things. Ooh, bingo. But here's how he put it to me is that he rots his oats. Ooh. Such a gnarly term. Nicely done. Like that is in the face of marketing right there. They're not fermented. They are rotted. I am rotten it. So he rots his oats like in a, in a cool, dark place. And so that was pretty cool. Show title. Rot your oats. Rotted oats. Rot your oats. Oat rot. Oat rot. <laughs> Why do you always do that? Do you what? make it so no? You make it so difficult to access. Oh, just rotted as a oats casual is, listener, <laughs> yeah, rotted oats oh, is going to loom right. <laughs> well, like rotted oats is such a warm hug. Rot. I'll think about it. Uh, so the other oh, I mean this will we'll, we'll come to turkeys again when we get into the uh, final chapter of the Taste of Country Cooking by Edna Lewis as part of our Natch Book up. Club. Last installment of the Natch Book Club summertime. Book club. But my cousin Carl just bought a new house in Appleton Can- Appleton Canyon. Beautiful. Seven acres, like right in the canyon there. Just, Jeez. But a, nice, a really kind of a cool, modern-y house. But Why can't we do this? I don't know. We probably should. Because guess yeah. what he has just in his property every morning? Wild turkeys. <gasps> just on his lawn. Oh, shitting yeah. Shitting in his yard. Hold that thought. Yep. I've got uh, that highlighted in Edna's book. But my cousin Carl's wife, Sia, her... Uh, Sia? Her, Sia. The world-famous global recording artist? No. Oh. I think it's short for Anastasia. Oh. Beautiful but, name. Yeah, her mother and uh, stepfather were out there, and they brought, they're from Oregon, from Astoria. Goonie, Oregon? Oregon? Oregon. 
and they brought a ton of oysters. So we oysters. We grilled these giant like <sighs> oh fist size oysters on. You know, we threw them on the grill, watched them open up, pried them open with a screwdriver. Oh, you put them on in the shell, just on Grilled the grill. Them in the shell, and then you just wait till they open. And, and it's, they're in it's, there just boiling to death. Yep, it's very dramatic to watch <laughs> them open, and that's what I thought about. I'm watching them open, and it's like th- oh. that's their last. That's their dying spasm. That's unbelievable. Death's, that's oh. death's release right there. Unbelievable. And the crazy thing about oysters too is you always hear that they're aphrodisiacs, right? And then you look; these were huge oysters, and they were so vaginal looking. Like they had like just lips, and we were we were all quite taken with that. Those lids are popping off. So they were delicious. And just to wrap things up, I saw my grandma, my Grams. I've always called her Grams. Mm. She turns ninety-seven Whoa. in just a few days, what? July eighteenth. How dare you natch me during my did, grandma's birthday announcement? Uh, Shout out, Grams. She's an amazing Natch. lady, and she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's maybe like mm. eight years ago, mm. and then a, about a year ago, it got bad enough that she couldn't live on her own, mm. and we were all really worried about her because she was a fiercely independent woman, but she's living in an assisted living place right at the fucking base of the mountains, beautiful, and she has lots of friends, and they take care of her, and she's happy. What? I don't what, know. what are you doing to this show? <sighs> it's just remnants from last week. It's the ghost of, of episode 71. Just deal with it, all right? Re- remnants is not a word. The remnants. Thank you. The revenant. I was confusing it with a movie. Okay. Simple mistake. So anyway. Let's hear from Graham and her potatoes. I, I wanted her to share a story about potatoes, so I'll Please bring now. that to you now. What's the timestamp? 1804. God. That was short. Oh, yeah. Will you tell me the potato story one more time? Huh? The story about when you were a kid and you found a potato. Oh, I found a potato and I was just... <laughs> What was the story? Yeah, could you tell it to me one more time? I got my microphone working properly now. I want to have it for posterity. I I just, that was the beginning of my joy in gardening. Yeah? Is digging in the dirt. Is when I dug dug and found a potato. Well, let's set the scene. Where were you? I was out. We had a farm. I was on a farm seven miles from Colgate, Oklahoma, and we had even part of it. We grew cotton, and and uh, but they went out to harvest stuff. They sent me in a little tiny thick girl in this corner, so I started digging, and I found this potato. So, and then I was just so flabbergasted. That's I, that's why I've always loved gardening and. <laughs> Not necessarily potatoes either. <laughs> you were amazed that you just were digging and found a potato. Yeah, and I found this potato, so I figured that was uh, somehow. But then we lived on a farm, and uh, you know what? I don't think at the one place I lived that we even had running water in the house. It was at Permody. Wow. It really was. And... Uh, I know that on Saturday nights they had a great big tin wash tub about this high, and it, it, everybody took a bath in the same water. <laughs> How many kids were in that tub? Well, I can't even remember now. But in uh, the house, didn't have electricity. Uh, oh, I know one time there was a great big rattlesnake and climbed down this chimney and was coiled up in the boy. You remember things like that, you know, it was scary. But my 12-year-old brother went out and got a stick and went in and 
picked that up like that and threw it out in the yard, you know. <laughs> oh, well, I must say, I don't know of anybody, anybody, anywhere who has a more, the smartest, handsomest, congenial, just all-around super-duper relatives like I have. Now, other people come and I see their relatives, and I don't think they can hold a club. Uh, no, I'm, I'm inclined I'm, to agree. Yes, I. <laughs> hey, I like those shoes. <laughs> don't don't that they afford some laces? <laughs> I put them out so I could slide them on. You don't like laces, no. And I'm glad one. So there we go. A nice little visit from Grams. She was she was not talking about me when she was praising her relatives. <laughs> Give she me was, a break. No, no. She was she was hugging Elias as she said. Oh. That. No, I'm sure. I like the illusion that she was talking specifically about me. No, hey, I'll take delightful the laugh. What a great laugh! Oh, she's the best. Great spirits, and now I have to go to the bathroom after all that tinkling. Nah, you'll have to wait. Oh, do you really have to go? Nah. Okay, but what a perfect segue into the. Oh wait, do we still have news though? Shit. Yeah, well, no, it's no segue. You just oh, we just got through your such trip. A brilliant segue into the Edna Lewis thing because well, I mean, we can do life that. on a farm, but uh, nope, nope. Well, dude, let's mix it up. I can change the dock. You need to finish eating. What the hell? Nobody cares. All right. Final installment. Edna Lewis. This is, these are real books that we're handling here. The Taste of Country Cooking. Edna Lewis. Well, let me jump ahead and tell you that Edna when Lewis. Born? <laughs> born April 13, 1960. When did she die? April, uh, February 13th. Look at that. Two months. Two different months. Same day. 13th, 2006. Wow. She was an African-American chef and author, best known for her books on traditional Southern cuisine. That's a very brief bio. Yeah, like this book that we're holding here, uh, The Taste of Country Cooking, Edna Lewis, the 50th anniversary edition of a great Southern classic with a Mm. foreword by Alice Waters, published by NOMF, ISBN number 9780307265609. Great book club. Retails for twenty four ninety five. <clears throat> I suggest buying it in hardcover because you are going to want to read the shit out of this book. So if this is episode 72. Yes, sir. I think we we did the first three installments of the book club in <clears throat> 68, 69, and 70. Those episodes. Boffo. Yep. Spring, summer, fall have been yeah. discussed. Go back. Check out the archives. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Enjoy. Because so, we're going to wrap it up with winter. We are, and appropriately, she opens with Christmas. I am not going to take another bite of that nutrition bar. And it's funny that I was just telling you about the oysters that I ate with my cousin Carl, because right here in the opening bit on the Christmas meal, she says, this was the only time in the year when we had oranges, almonds, Brazil nuts, and raisins that came in clusters. And although we were miles from sea, at Christmas, one of the treats we always looked Mm. forward to was oysters. Mm. The oysters were delivered to Lahore's in barrels on Christmas Eve day. And late on Christmas Eve, we would climb the steps over the pasture fence and walk along the path through the woods to the the store, store. carrying Carrying our our covered covered tin tin pails. Mr. Jackson, the storekeeper, would fill some of our pails with oysters. And before we left, he always filled our hands with nuts or candy. Oh, nuts and candy. Hopefully not his nuts. <laughs> Didn't have to do that. Um, the familiar smell of hot coffee and cocoa mixed with the special aroma of bourbon. 
bourbon, which was part of every holiday breakfast. Part of every breakfast, if you're Mark Brush. Let's do it right. You notice a bourbon. That's what you drink when you're from the South. That's right. And I don't think I've ever seen you drink bourbon. Are you kidding me? I'm joking. You had some Woodford Reserve once. That's not... Oh, wait, that is. That's pretty good bourbon. It's not scotch. That's bourbon. That's a bourbon. That is a bourbon. You fucking southern fraud. It's too fancy. You remember, I like Miller Lite. But at the end of holiday week... Oh, wait a minute. I just have a few. I just like I do. I got a little note too. I got little notes here and there. I'm just going to tell you what I what struck my fancy. The celebration of Christmas Day began okay. before daybreak. You go ahead with the. Sh- <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were pausing. You read the bourbon thing. I thought you were passing it to me. It's passed. Uh, it began before daybreak with the shooting off of Roman candles. Yeah, they. With a great roaring noise, they exploded into balls of red fire, arcing into the still dark sky. After they had all been set off, my father would light sparklers for us. We could never imagine Christmas without Roman candles and sparklers. For us, it was the most important part of the whole day. Now, if I was on that farm, Yo. that's, that sounds great. A lot of fun, especially for the kids. I'm not on that farm. I'm in Park Hill, Denver, Colorado. Yeah? The level of fireworking in and around July 4th is unacceptable. There's a lot of fireworks. Unacceptable. Here's something I realized. It starts though. at like 7 p.m. You are PM. yelling. You're getting hot. <laughs> Just scoot back a little if you're that impassioned. And it like peaks at like, oh, I don't know, 9 p.m. But it's still going at like 11 and 12. It's kids in the alleys. It's fuckers like you when you were a kid. Just roaming the alleys. <laughs> What an animated old Popping man you were going to be. You were going to be the oh. crankiest fucker chasing kids off your porch with a broom. I get it. It's, it'd be fine if it was like the day before, the day of, but it's like a week or two before, a week after, yeah, every I don't night. Like that. It makes my dog nervous. And my dog freaks out every night. Yeah. Every night. Oh. They're killing my dog. Cutting into Diva's sleep. Oh, they roam in the alleys, popping off firecrackers, these goddamn kids. Well, you know what happened? <laughs> We, we at, in uh, Sacramento, on the outskirts of Sacramento, we bought a pack of fireworks. You son of a bitch. You support the industry. But they're not like, you know, they're like the kind of wussy fountains and things. You can't get the mortars and the black cats, obviously. They're not legal there. But we bought a pack, like a pretty big pack of fireworks. We thought we'd set them off with our friends in Nevada City on 4th of July. Fire ban. Yeah, hell yeah. So the house we were in had a fire pit, so we lit off a couple of Sir Dumps a lot. It was like this little Scottish dog thing, and you lit its butt, and it would shit out some sparks, and then there's and, so many of those. And then episode. and then some of those like snake, those ashy snakes would come out of its butt. But then we got real paranoid, like this isn't right. People can smell them. Yeah, did you? The couple Alabamans started a forest fire in Netherlands, still <laughs> raging. And we had Texas plates on our rental car, so that would have just been, but. So we brought them all the way with us to Leavenworth, Washington. They were illegal there, too. But my cousin Carl pointed out, like, why don't we just light fireworks at New Year's Eve instead of Fourth of July? Yeah. We're up late anyway. snow, and it's wet, and then you're not going to start a fire. Oh. Makes so much more sense. And Edna Lewis is Good on. Good job, Carl. And yeah. But it's also, you're supposed to be awake. I, oh, man, I don't like the tradition. And so I do remember we, buying fireworks. We went all the way to Seattle, and we did not, we're not able to get rid of these fireworks. Actually, just the tip. Our listener, Just Did the you tip. see Just the Tip? I reached out to him. We were only in Seattle for a few hours. Oh. So I was, I was wanted to see, like, hey, what, do you work downtown? Can we meet up, say hi, and I can give you some fireworks? <laughs> but we just, we never had time. He doesn't, he didn't work right oh, downtown. Oh, we missed out on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Nicole found this, like, family as we were getting in our car to drive to the airport in this parking lot. And oh. they had kids. The, the grandmother looked very, like, kind of Mennonite-y. 
But they were more than happy to take the fireworks. They lived on a farm. Off the rails. rails. A farm outside of Seattle. So, I mean, that's great. The fireworks, my point is, the fireworks went to a good home. It's not a rescue dog. To an Edna Lewis type place. You don't need to find a good home for your fireworks. We spent a lot of money on these fireworks. During and they Christmas brought someone week, joy, and it wasn't us. It's we were giving, Mark. Why don't you look into it? We were free to return to the food safe as many times a day as we liked, and my mother would never say a word. Just balls out Christmas week. But at yeah. the end of holiday week, we were all given a home-brewed physic, which was really vile. It was so vile, I've never quite forgotten the taste of it. It's the one fucking thing in this book I wish you'd explain more. I know. What's a physic? I bet Defe knows. It's a tonic, I think. Defe? Yeah, it's a, you, no, you no. already are delinquent. You already owe us, like, a couple of, what was it, dealing with defects. segments? She can do what she wants when she wants. But I'd like her to tell she us. Does, she does get all hot and bothered, like, oh, you're going to get a good one now. And then, they, then we don't get them. Yep. We need them. But she would know what a physic is. Physic. Medicine. No, especially. No, no. A I don't want to hear it from you. I want to hear it from defect. I want to know what the specific physic is that they enjoyed after their engorgement. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. Wrong word. No, right word. Just a little bit off-putting. Oh, there God. is some. Are you ready for the turkeys? Oh yeah, that's. Dude, we're on the same page again. Happens so often. You go ahead. I'll pass the. Wait, I think you're on a different page. Oh no, a good chicken. Interesting that it's all about turkeys and it's called a good chicken. Hmm. What did I find that was interesting in here? So. Uh, a lot. Well, turkeys. Okay, at the end of winter, the turkey hens began to lay, and it was our job to watch them and find their nests, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. were either along the fence row or in the edge of the woods under a pile of brush. Mm -hmm. If they thought we were watching them, they would never go to the nest, or they would just squat down the moment we took our eyes from them. Mother would turn them out the next day and send us right back until we saw where they went into the thicket. When we found the nest, mother would take a china egg and put it there in place of the turkey eggs. After that, we would go every day to pick up the eggs. When the turkey hens decided to eat, the eggs would be replaced and a coop placed over the hen. Would be carefully fastened <laughs> down to keep out such animals as foxes or stray dogs. But well, why don't you just paraphrase what happened? Go ahead. You. They would go steal an egg out of the turkey's nest yeah. and the mom would sit on the fake egg. What's wrong with that? Well, it just seems mean, doesn't it? Are they eating the eggs? That's what I wasn't clear on. Because uh-huh. then it says that they... Oh, and then they just put a coop over them and make them keep laying eggs? Well, then at some point... No, then when they are... Uh, when the turkey hens decided to set, they put the What does the that eggs- mean, Southern man? Uh, well, it's very complicated. When a bird sets? I guess they're ready to hatch them. I don't know. Ooh, <laughs> Mr. Bird calls Southern man. <laughs> but at that point, they would instead of stealing the eggs, they would put this cage over them and... Lock it down so that they wouldn't freak out in bad weather or something? So they wouldn't get eaten by foxes. That's kind yeah. of a mitzvah. I don't, it seemed weird to me. Colonel Peacock. Taking those eggs. Not knowing shit about them out with setting. fake eggs. I guess that's what we do. That's pure human behavior. I mean, that's classic human behavior right Today, there. you just have to shop around for a good chicken. I have found Purdue, one of the best commercial growers. Oh, that was a good one. And chickens in health food stores are often superior if you can afford them. I wonder what she thought of Tyson. So interesting that Purdue was the high quality standard back in the day, but even even then, my how times have changed. You she want said, that health food store crap? If you can afford it, if even you can then, afford it, even then, even then, even then, rich man's game. So health. late winter. Listen to this. This is wonderful right here. This is classic Wendell Berry. Wendell Berry's talking about affection. This is affection in action. Are you ready? Yes. 
There would be lively conversations. Are you ready? I'm ready. There would be lively conversations with the age men doing most of the talking and the young adults of my father's age group listening. I would be listening too, hanging between my father's knees and watching the logs burning in the fireplace and bugs desperately trying to escape from the burning logs with only me being aware of their desperate plight. I was too young then to understand why so much time was spent in discussion. It was only afterward that I realized they were still awed by the experience of chattel slavery 50 years ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and of having become freed men. It was something they never tired of talking about. It gave birth to a song I often heard them sing. My soul looked back and wonder how I got over. That is <laughs> you read that You read that with such soul. I'm a soulful man. I am nowhere near as soulful as these Com- gentlemen. Conversation, discussion, the passing of knowledge. Affection. The through themes of, a, of generations in history. But respect. Did you hear how she set the scene? It's all the old, the old men are talking. The men like her father's age, ostensibly our own age or close to it, were listening. They weren't eager to chime in and podcast their own points. Listening. They were listening. Yeah, they were listening. We Which, should listen to each other more. We tried to. We just talk all over each other. Now we're getting better. Persimmon pudding. Four ounces of suet starts off that recipe. Mm. Do you know what that is? Say it again. Suet. Suet? Yep. Suet. Suet. S-U-E-T? T. Suet. <laughs> you don't have a fucking clue. Uh, is it an animal product? It is, absolutely. Is it like melted cracklins? <laughs> it's coming close. All right, what is it, it's just, Colonel it's Peacock? Just, it's just beef fat, basically. Oh, wow. You know why I know, though? Because you're Southern? No, because I'm a bird-er. You didn't know what a setting what it means when a bird sets. I, as, as, a, as a student of birds. A floundering student of birds. An amateur bird watcher, an amateur, amateur bird bander, there. an amateur ornithologist, a researcher of birds in Trinidad you and could Tobago. Just, you, could pa- you could paraphrase that. As an amateur. <clears throat> um, yeah, we would feed them suet. Woodpeckers love suet. You put it in a cage up on a tree. Mm. Woodpeckers come up, peck it. You could get it from your local butcher. You just go to the butcher at your local Safeway, Kroger, Whole Foods. You walk right past those Purdue chickens. You go, hey, I need some suet. Can you grab me some suet back there? And it's just trimmings, so they don't don't charge you. Do they give you that knowing nod? Like, oh, he asked for suet. He's a a birder. (laughs) He's a bird man. (sighs) Listen to this. Tell me if you have what it takes to, to do this, to endeavor on this ritual here. Winter must have seemed forever for our mother, a lover of the outdoors. I remember Along that. in February, she would save all the eggshells, line them up on the windowsill, place the seed of a green bean in each one, and add about a tablespoon of water. When sprouted enough, she would set them, still in the shells, into a, into a prepared row and cover them with soil on the first warm day of spring. I noted that piece Full of... Circle. Um, Back to spring. I love that. You know who does stuff like that? Shaggy Brownie. Pre-planting. Indoor planting before the outdoor season. You think you're so fucking cool, Shaggy Brownie. He does think he's think so, so fucking so cool in his garden. Cool. I, just, I just highlighted this recipe for chocolate fudge. You know, I love fudge. I never eat fudge. It couldn't be easier to make. Granulated sugar, brown sugar, melted butter, cream, chocolate, vanilla. Boom. Fudge. Fudge. Um, bowl of nuts and oranges oh, wait, and hold raisins. On a second. I'm done with fudge. 
Bowl of nuts and oranges and raisins. God. Yeah. Was that English that I just said? You said I'm done with fudge. I think I just had a panic attack. The bowl of oranges, nuts, and raisin clusters was Christmas. There was no other time of the year that the house had that particular aroma. What, in your mind and memory, mm-hmm. equivalent? What, scent <laughs> memories? <laughs> Talking about scent memory? Yeah, but did you hear that sentence I just said? What in your mind? What in your mind is equivalent? <laughs> it was stilted, but I think I know what you're trying to ask me. I knew you did. What economy what, of words? It's my what specialty. smell do I associate what do you with associate Christmas? With, I got a, yeah, I got a clear one. We, I remember this uh, scratch and sniff book. My mom actually okay, gave no. it to my kids. No. But no, that's what I first that you're asking me. That's what I associate with Christmas because no, it had no, all the no smells cooking of traditions? Christmas. Oh, I mean, we cooked. My mom. We've had crab legs for Christmas. There we go. All Canada. right, crab legs. We or would the, get ba- like a large bag of pistachio nuts every year. Tradition. Oh, so odiferous, the pistachio No, not odiferous, nuts. but it was pistachio nuts. Oh, I got them that time legs. of year. I can tell you what my mom's was. Her oh. grandma, or her mom made lutefisk, Ooh, which is a, somewhere. a fish pudding made with lye that I have heard, I believe in... Oh, yeah. Good God almighty. In major cities in Scandinavia, it's illegal to make it in, like, if you live in an apartment building, because the smell is so overpowering, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, it's. Rot- I had it it's once. My mom made it one time when my grandma came. Rotten fish, I think, right? For Christmas, it's not. It's, 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 the, it's rot fish, kind of like rot oat. Rot oat, rot fish. Oat rot, fish oat. Oat, oat rot, fish rot. There's your title. Rot oat, rot fish. <laughs> that is a home run. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to that one. No, we'll keep working. How about this? Warm gingerbread with sweetened whipped cream. There's a passage oh, in here. Oh yeah. Tell me. I don't know if you're caught up, but tell me if this reminds you of a favorite show of yours here. Sorghum is a plant that looks very much like corn. I highlighted this too. With the exception of the grain, which is formed in a tassel or in the tassel. In Africa, land of its origin, the grain is used for flour. Most farmers grew a small patch of sorghum. It was harvested in the fall, tassel and leaves removed. The cane was put into a mill driven by two horses moving in a circle clockwise, pressing out the juice as they walked around. What do you mean I'm when it was up? all pressed out, it was poured into a large vat and cooked to a heavy sugary syrup known as sorghum molasses. Are you questioning my southern heritage and roots and my I'm knowledge about of a sorghum? Show. There was a show with a big sorghum mention recently, and it surprised me that it was mentioned. And a show, a show that you watch that you might not be caught up on. Walking Dead. Yes, I am not caught up on it. But didn't we talk about them bringing back like ancient grains and sorghums? And we talked about they needed a character that was a bug harvester. Oh, all right. But that it was almost like they'd been listening to our advice. Maybe we did say ancient grains. Sorghum because, is it the guy with the mullet? Yeah. Okay. He's like, I advise you to go to this place and acquire sorghum. copious amounts of sorghum. Sorghum. It will last us through the winter and it can feed us in many different ways. A that kind popular of thing. sweetener in the south. Yeah, he wants slightly he, he, unique taste. You find many of these fancy Southern chefs, Sean Brock. Yeah, who's uh, the guy in Kentucky? Asian, Edward Lee. Boom, nailed it. At work. Nailed it. These guys are all about bringing sorghums back, and and so is Mullet Boy from Walking Dead. Go, but that, he he gives a long. It's like a weird conversation. That was my last note from Daryl and uh, Rick are going into town, and he like stops them and makes he makes this very impassioned plea that they look for sorghum, and he tells them why and how it'll be su- a sustainable crop, and it could it's save also gluten free. Very important when you're trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. You don't want gastrointestinal distress. 
so that so, it? so concludes our book club on I think that was a hell of a first book. Yeah, The Taste of Country Cooking. Thank you, Leif and Molly, for putting this book in my hands. Thank you, Mark, Thank you, for Park getting the public from library. the library. Uh-huh. And up next, we're going to read Naked Ape. Is that decided? I don't know. I was looking for a copy of Naked Ape for you while I was on the road. I went to a couple used bookstores, couldn't find it. Oh. They have it at the Central Library. Do you have it? I have one copy. Oh, I got to get another library book. All right. Like, it's such a... What, the library is a great place to visit. Central Library? There was a couple others that I didn't remember. I'm going today name, to return. So. Oh, all right. So. What's it called? It's called The Naked Ape. And put this in the dock. It's written by zoologist Desmond Morris, who is also a surrealist painter. So, <laughs> And this is like 50 years old? It's from the 70s. So there's probably some like weird sexisty shit in there because it was the 70s. Well, we'll find out. But we will, we will take, we will we might, are we starting call that next Desmond week? Morris to the mat. Are we starting that next week or is that too soon? You tell me. Do we need a break? I don't need a break. Can you get to the library or what's going Done. on? Done. We'll start it next week. What? Go get the book. What are we going to read? We have to tell people what we're going to read. All right. Look. So I couldn't find Naked Ape in my library downstairs. So we might both have to go to the library. Oh. But I found I have three of his other books. We could also read The Human Zoo if you want. That one's about cities and how we're caged animals, basically. This one was a favorite. Cat lore. <laughs> yeah. More about cats. No, I don't know. From, from the author of Cat Watching. Dife, do you have Cat Lore by Desmond Morris or wow. Cat Watching? Look at this one, Mark. I saved this one for last. Intimate Behavior. This one's all about, you know. Whoa. I've been listening to uh, My Dad Wrote a Porno, that podcast. I might be into this one. All right. Look at the dude. Look at him on the back, too. That's Desmond, huh? That's Desmond. Descending a staircase. In a pleather jacket. A prolific surrealist painter. I'm not kidding about that. Have you... I just saw about sexual... To start with, the white rat is no longer a pest, but a servant of man. Okay. He is gently handled, well-fed, well-housed, and you cared for. You need to read that a little more intimately. A little more That's sexual. not very sexy at all. What about... This last fact no doubt explains why the extensive use of this type of sexual intimacy is more common... Okay. Is this any good? Let me try. Here, flip, flip me to a page. Let me see if I can do it. You've got to sell me right now on Desmond Harris. Okay. Desmond Morris. Okay. The man who is feeling poorly begins to look weak and helpless and starts to transmit powerful pseudo-infantile signals to his wife. <laughs> she responds automatically as an instant parent and begins to mother him, insists on tucking him up in his bed and bringing him soup, hot drinks, and medicine. Her Not tone sexy. of voice becomes softer And she fusses over him Feeling his forehead and performing other intimacies What? This, I don't know <laughs> kind, yeah. No, but Naked Ape's good <laughs> Okay, we'll stick with Naked Ape We'll both have to go to the library And if we can't find it, we'll bring you some other book that we agree on Dune, maybe Dune by Frank Herbert oh God, That's so long, isn't it? Yeah, that could be a really long book club Naked book club could never end I think we'd fail How long is Naked Ape? Yeah, it's... About like same as sexual fuckery. What's it called? Intimate behaviors. It's probably about 300, 250 pages. What can Natch learn from Zach? Our friend Zach, Dirty Lemon. Well, I mean, I already know what first, Zach has learned from Natch. First sponsor of uh, this podcast. Yeah. Uh, f- friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, arbiter of cool. Yeah, he's, he's slinging the cool, man. Is that right? I don't know. I think so. 
I mean, I would know, and I say yes. Okay, you're the tastemaker. You're the kingmaker. Is he a king? It looks to me as if he has been crowned a king. uh, That's right. Article in my old stomping grounds, New Hope, an in-depth catch-up with Zach at Dirty Mm -hmm. Lemon. And I I thought, are you ready? I'm going to read this quote. Read it. But but the the point of it is we have Mm -hmm. to learn from it. I read the whole interview. Okay. Well, I want you thinking Natch as I read this quote. I'm always thinking Natch, Mark. Zach's best advice to brands seeking consumer loyalty and relevancy in an increasingly competitive market? Dissect why people are buying your product. Mm. It sounds like a simple question, but when you break it down, it's a complex thing to think about as a brand, Normandon says. There needs to be a reason why people are purchasing your product. There's too much competition out there. Too many people come into market, hitting shelves all the time, so stores sets can stay fresh. Brands increasingly need to be focused on thinking through why they are doing what they are doing. Why are people listening to Natch? Because of the banter. That's it? Well, they like to learn, too. It's entertain- It's that. It's that magic sandwich. What are we giving them that they want? Knowledge and entertainment. Yes? Are we not? I don't think you're thinking deeply enough. I think there's a... Oh, if you want to go... Oh, I see. You want to go... You you want to talk about how we're giving them uh, a way to connect to us and to others and to themselves. There we go. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay. It's psychological here. Yeah, we're showing that... uh, Because if we understand what it is we're giving them, we can give it to them better. We're giving them ourselves, basically. I mean, because because I want to give it to them the way that they want to get it. All right, maybe we should read intimate behaviors by Desmond Morris. <laughs> so I think it sometimes, could give you some insight on how to really give it to them in the way that they're going to respond to you on a biological them. level. They're, they're going to so, get it. Boy, so usually I'm the one to derail a story, but okay. What do they do? They so is it a friendly voice once a week? A couple of friendly voices. Sounds a couple like, of friendly voices just bickering with each other once a week. Do you want to put together a survey monkey and send that out? <laughs> no. I just did one. I don't want a survey. Yeah. They, the, the data <laughs> they give you back a, is pretty intriguing. Let's do a survey and let's see if Zach will kick it out to all, the, all of his uh, Dirty Lemon fans. It would have to be a survey of listeners. Oh. It, would be, it would be pointed questions about, what do you like it when Mark peaks? Do you like it when Josh compares peaks. oysters to vaginas? <laughs> I mean, like when your levels peak, when you get all excited and peak. I'm about to say, not many people know. All right. Do you like our sound cues? Do you find our sound cues, cues confusing and alienating? Please tell us your favorite sound, you know. I you like can, it. You can go granular, man. You can ask for a lot of people's time. You're and, dissecting the show for me right now. And then you get like a, a pretty substantial report. Do you know report. who the sound hawk is? Do you know who the guinea fowl is? Oh, I see. Do you know who snowflake, stardust, snow dust? You, I don't think you want to quiz them as much as you want to like. You know whether whether things are get a or not. sense. Like, is this making sense to you? Do you does it bother you? Does it obstruct your enjoyment of the show, or you just kind of roll with it? So there's a larger question. We we intentionally do not contextualize a lot of the stuff that recurs on the show. It'd just be too much work. Because too much work, and it's a family. It is. If you're in the family, you know these things. Yeah. It's not that we're trying to often keep you at arm's length, but you got you got to come in, and then when you come in, it'll all make more sense, and you can stay as long as you want. Yeah, there are inside jokes, but they're they're not meant to isolate people. No, they're meant to bring you to the fold. If you if you have a question about anything you hear on Natchcast, you text the Soundhawk. I'm not getting enough texts. And I called it Natchcast. It's actually just Natch. Damn you! 
It's going to take a while to break that Old habit. Old habits die hard. If, you, if there's anything about Natch that you want to know, text the Soundhawk number, please. 303-548-6877. Sorry that that sound cue wasn't ready for that one, because that was a forceful... So me... Oh, it was so close. Oh, man. I almost, you almost serendipitously nailed it. nailed it. Yep. Okay. Th- that moment right there. Brought to you by Natch. Do you like random sound cues pre-placed before the show begins, just arriving out of the ether we unexpectedly do, and inappropriately. We want to know if you like that, but honestly, probably not going to change that. No, you're going to do it whether you like it or not. Because uh, it's a family. I like, it's my way of teasing my little brother, Mark. I guess my big brother. So let's say, let's say, why are people buying the product? Why are people listening to Natch? Well, we don't fucking know. But, but we do care. We hope that they're trying to join a family. That's what it's all about. Welcome to it's our family. family. Maybe Welcome that should be L-touch. the title of the show. Or the subhead. Join Welcome. our family. <laughs> Welcome to our family. Yeah. Join our family, please. So what do we got here? Meet Marley, the uh, Tony Hesse. Is that the Zappos CEO name? I think it's... Sh- oh. Shay? Shay? Hey? Who's that? Shoy? Shay? God, we should know. It's a famous name. Tony... It's not a name that you, you read it a lot. You don't hear it said very often. To- okay, you've set this up. I'm going to look that up. I'm embarrassed. Tony- so, oh, I'll look fine as a net worth, so they're too. He- <laughs> they're headquartered in Las Vegas. That 840 was- million. God damn it! All right. I bet he's no happier than you or I. I think he's doing all right with his little park. Did you look into that? That's why I put the alpaca in there. Well, he's got a little... He bought up some land in Las Vegas where he's got a big Airstream RV park for like-minded eccentrics to come camp out it's right near the ideas. offices he bought yeah and, and there's an alpaca living there and, and oh. it's a very like in your face alpaca he likes to photobomb he likes to lick feet tony no the- oh, <laughs> marley right. i'm only half listening right now marley the alpaca oh jeez i'm not giving you well you're using their product shay shay dude i nailed it why is that? Because I have a lot of Asian friends. Oh, yeah, you're so, so global. <laughs> I may be a southern man, but I'm not insulated. All right, so yeah, alpacas are magical. We all knew that. He's got an alpaca he's roaming around this sort of playland campground where he's living with creatives doing campfires every night. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, the, the writers doing? of Silicon Valley couldn't have come up with this one. Silicon. 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 You, you do it on purpose, I know. I'm not giving you the benefit of the doubt anymore. The benefit of the... You know what they're growing a lot of in Iceland, Mark? The algae. <laughs> Do you know why they're growing a lot of algae, Mark? No. Because they have a lot of geothermic heat that they can use to uh, grow it, and they get a lot of light because they're on that wackadoo sun schedule. So they can grow a ton of algae, and guess what they're trying to do with that algae, Mark? Sell it to you and me. You kind of know what's going on. All right, fill fill in the holes. Astaxanthin. Boom. I'm going to open your cupboard one day, and it's going to be loaded with astaxanthin. It's right up your alley. Supplement. Uh, you grow it from algae. You get it from algae mm-hmm. in these tubes. There's different ways to harvest it and produce it. Open ponds, glass tubes, light, water. That's all you need, and the algae. 
They're doing it in Iceland. And you know what? I'm going to Iceland. So I thought, let's see. Should I go visit Kaflavik and see these guys do what they do? Absolutely. Maybe Here's grab, the difference between grab some you and audio. Me. When you come back from Iceland, I'm going to be excited for your Iceland update. Oh, boy. I'm not going to give you a bunch of grief. Well, was you said this is a family. When families go on trips, they want to hear about slideshow. What happened? I want a slideshow at the I end. I don't want that. I'd like some gifts of you frolicking around in the algae fields, though. Oh, gifts. And the fjords. I'd like some gifts, too. Make no mistake. You know, uh, so far in our preparation, in preparation for our trip to Iceland, the, the kids who actually are probably not going to go. You're not taking the kids? Nope. When was that decided? A while ago. This is, this is a lover's journey. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> I think we need to read Intimate Behaviors by Desmond Morris. Our second honeymoon, 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 honeymoon. Um, there's a great tourist. Somebody, it's it's like Wes Anderson got a hold of the Icelandic tourism budget and made these little videos. Mm-hmm. And there's because and there's a lot of saunas and spas and stuff. And there's a little a little video of a guy. You won't need amyl nitrate. There's a little video of a guy and another guy, and he's like, "Oh, spas are popular here. This is what we do." And the guy he like drops his shorts. So he's nude. They kind of pixelate it out, but not entirely. Why? And there's a little song that's like, wash your face, crotch and toes, crotch and toes. And my kids heard that, and they've been singing it ever since. So now they want to go to Iceland. Yeah, but they're not going. Are you and you and your life partner going to get a little busy in that? Uh, well, they have like a, what? They have a hotel made of ice. You could get a room in an ice. You could frolic about on an ice bed. Who are you? Practicing some of Dr. Morris's prescriptions. Oh, God, Dr. Morris. You guys could really get in touch with your animal sides if you're ready. I'm not ready. All right. Bring back algae at least. <laughs> I'm going to go visit Kaflavik. See if I can see some algae turning from green to red. And you're really going to turn the romance on high. Oh, here it is. Like, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, man. I'm fine. very sorry, everybody. That was loud. How do I... <sighs> Iceland Academy. Greg's Eggs. 90 seconds of business mastery hatching in your lap. Decades ago, I was standing near the corner of Clark and Belmont in Chicago with a small-time wise guy named Ben Vinci. Not far from the friendly confines of Wrigley Field and also not far from a parking lot where my friend got stabbed. Anyway, Ben, he kind of liked me. It was probably my last name. So as a friend, he showed me how to kill someone with a newspaper. Not kidding. This was a business skill I was hoping to never use. But that day, he also gave me a nugget of key information that I never forgot. He said, kid, sometimes you gots to get down, get down on the ground. I grabbed that one and held on to it. For him, getting on the ground was being at his shitty punk new wave nightclub all the time to stop any of the jagoffs that worked for him from stealing. For me, over the years, getting down on the ground became a key strategy. It's events, it's sponsorship, it's trade show and consumer shows, etc. It's road dog action, baby, to build your brand. But this is Natural End. And here, if you want to get down on the ground, that's sampling and demo. Sounds simple, doesn't it? 
Well, nothing is harder because you have to hire people, subcontract people, use people you don't know. You can't do it all by yourself. And just because it's hard doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. You just gots to be super detailed and anal. And that's training, scripting, Q&A, table layout, sellable stock close by, coordination and promo with the retailer, and most important, having the right energetic, knowledgeable people there. If your brand is young and emerging, you probably don't have the money to go big. So you gots to be on the ground. It's all you gots. And to you, sampling may not seem all that hard because you're the only one that's doing it. But I don't care how small your company is, pro up, man or ma'am up, and plan the shit out of it. Three things will happen as a result. Number one, your product will land in lots more emotional humanoid mouths. That's another episode. Number two, as you scale, you'll successfully hand off sampling without freaking because you figured it out and documented it. And number three, your company will look, sound, and feel a lot bigger than it really is to consumers. Now go. You know what you gots to do. Greg, another masterful egg. I like feeling bigger than I actually am, right? I think so. You mentioned that maybe that one needed setup. I don't know. Please mention. Is, is Expo East coming up? Because that please is Please like, mention when you, in, this is from Greg, when you intro, whoops, when we <laughs> outro, that the names have been changed to protect the guilty. Oh, okay. So Ben Vereen? No, Ben. Who was the first? The Ben guy? Yeah. Ben Vizzy? I think I know which club he owned. Oh. Based on that description. Really? Having lived in Chicago, and I've definitely kicked it down on Clark and Belmont. Oh, maybe you've bumped into Greg in his newspaper of death. Maybe Greg almost killed me one time with a newspaper. I don't did. know. When you were in Chicago, I would have. You would have tried. But yeah, that was some sage-like advice. That might have been one of my favorites. Everyone listening. He's always think, afraid he's going long. Like, oh, I'm getting longer and this might not be good in a day, man. Own it. Own it, Greg. You know what you're talking about. Own it, 4G. That had a whole bunch of wonky, like, trade stuff that I didn't even get. Well, that's what I'm saying. Anyone who's... Who, and I... Okay. I think I think this goes out uh, in the New Hope staff newsletter each week, right? Listen to Natchcast. <laughs> I guarantee If it, it doesn't, it should. Because, hey, anyone going to Expo East on whenever that is... It's Study up. What is that? Bagney's got you covered. That's in the fall. Yeah. All right, well, I know we'll be there. No. Maybe it's sooner. When's Escabona? Hey, that's this is good advice. Probably even better advice for Escabona. You got a small, nubile, young brand that you want to make look like you're big and huge. You bet you, you want to. You want the appearance of swole? Then fucking Greg up. Get down on the ground. Mm. You want to get to the news? <laughs> Yeah, we've only been doing this an hour. God. We are already one hour in. Jesus. Can we ask for another 28 minutes of your time? Please stay with us while we talk about three news stories. All right, Mark, what do you got, buddy? Wendell Alive and Well in Atlanta. We can do them quick. Oh, yeah. We're masters. We're pros. Chef Hugh Atchison. Ake son is on a mission to save home economics. Andre Gallant, modern farmer. This article's a little old, but you know, I brought it back because we got into Wendell. I think you had it right the first time. It, it's Hugh Atchison. I have a lot of Southern friends. No, so I, know I know it is. I know how that's pronounced. But, but it's spelled Ake-son. I didn't really think it was pronounced Ake-son. You keep telling yourself that. Almeda Tullis is the director of Seed Life Skills, a new charity founded and led by Chef Hugh Ake-son of Top Chef fame. 
It seeks to redirect the dwindling relevance of home economics, education, and public schools in the race to make kids career-ready in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, STEM fields. Home ec advocates argue that teaching students to cook and care for themselves has been left behind. Wow. For now, Seed Life Skills is starting with carrot. This is a specific example from what kind of work they're doing. They're starting with carrot tops. Tullus, Alan, and the food core staff. You know them. Love them. I've been helping them for years. Just you could name drop your affiliation with food core. I'm an advisor. And the food core staff, they're great. I didn't say they weren't great. Watch students as they measure out carrot. Uh, the woman goes through the class and is like, okay, we're going to make these carrots. What are you going to do with the carrot tops? They're like, huh? Throw them away. Wait, what? Why would you do that? Uh, what does she do with them? They measure out the carrot greenery. They put some salt, garlic, and parma che- parmesan. Some, some cheese? Cheese. Toss it all in a food processor. Safely blend the ingredients into pesto. A pesto? Look at these guys. That's really, I like that idea. Home ec. Keeping it alive in the public schools, but updating it, right? Sounds like some Alice Waters shit. How to scratch cook, how to read an insurance document, like how much cell phones really cost, stuff like that. How to live. How to live. I would direct everybody involved in the home ec renaissance movement. Episode 71. To not only 71, but when we finish the miniseries of How to Live digest them as a piece, all four episodes. We're doing that? Yeah, we're going to do that. Like a retrospective? At some point, once we do all four of them, it's going to be great. All right, keep going. It'll be like four hours of life advice from you and me. It's just what the people need. That's it. We can move on. I'm just keeping home ec alive. Although I didn't really have home ec in my school at all. I took home ec. I can imagine it being kind of a snoozer of a class, right? I liked it. It was fun. I liked to cook, so I got to cook. Hmm. Does bring out the cutlery in the high schools of America. Uh, Wendell Berry, that's like one of his prescriptions for sanity is more like a home ec approach. Like know what you're the doing. Management of your small environment and get and good at that. The stuff you got to get done in your life, know how to do it. Yeah. Don't do outsource it. it. Don't, Don't outsource it. Don't put it on the Biscos. I had a friend. I don't want to name names. Yeah, you do. No, I had a friend when we were shortly out of school. Uh, I guess we've been out for a little while because his kids were involved. He had like a, he and his wife had big time jobs. He w- At Google? <laughs> Did I guess it? No, not that Damn. one. I know she you've was, got some Google buddies. She was a medical professional. Okay. Specialist. He worked for a large company, traveled a lot. I, when you really dug down to like how they were living, everything was outsourced. Yeah. The maintenance of the yard, the maintenance of the house, the cleaning of the house, the cooking of every meal. They didn't cook. They didn't have time to cook. The kids. Sounds like they don't have time to live. Daycare for the kids. It was all outsourced. You pointed this out to them? I don't think he was happy about it. Did you point this out to him at the same meal where he was having a steak and you were like, enjoy that. That's probably going to be one of the last. This was before I realized that peak meat had already occurred. And look at you. You've got all these highfalutin friends. Like your Google friends, you got your super uber professional friends, and then what are you? You're the black sheep. You put on this act like you're the. the I've, I've, I've gotten close twice. The <laughs> white knight, but yeah. Kingmaker is the black sheep. I dropped off Which the, one of off your friends, wheel. you know, lays his about after he drops the kids off at camp and then moseys over to his friend's couch to record a, a podcast. podcast? Not a one of them. 
got his shoes off. He's got his toenails painted. Mm-hmm. I got a little uh, cornstarch powder on this one because it's chafing. This toe. <laughs> got a little toe chafing. Probably a symptom of... Yeah, look at that. The kid painted the nails. Over foot-flopping yourself. Yeah. No, I think I broke this toe. And I taped it to this one. I've done heal. that. And now it's two... That's un- like some Rambo shit. I'm pretty impressed. You didn't go to the hospital? Nope. And then I should have taped it to this one because it's tucked under this toe and in flip-flop weather, it does it, cha- it like rubs too close. I can break that toe for you again. We can tape <laughs> it the other way, try and straighten it out. Well, maybe. Moving on. Double down Supreme Loco. Hey, thanks for the headline. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, it's like kind of... It's a bit much. We like read a headline, and then we read the real headline, and then we... Okay, let's do want to drop the fake headlines. Yeah. Executive decision here? Just made it. No, you just deleted my name. Oh. That's all, that's all you did. <laughs> Burger King's Mac and Cheetos, a logical step in America's quest for innovation by Joshua David Stein, The Guardian. So check this out, Mark. Can I'm I lay it? Can I lay it on you? You can lay it. The in names me. of recent popular shock foods read like a cadaver exquis of food stuff. <laughs> Excuse me? What? Exquis? Exqui? How do you? I don't know. This this guy, this is What little, are you reading to me? The names of recent popular shock foods read like a, a, a cadaver exqui. God, I don't know what that is. Yeah, there were a lot of easy Icarus moments uh, with the flowing linguistics in this article, I got to tell you. Mm. That's just the first one. Oh, there it is. But I, it's an exquisite corpse. I love that game. They're just using fancy language. Well, there's there's a reason. French, that, which would be French. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Latin. So, okay. Oh, yeah, exquisite corpse. That makes total sense. But look at how many steps you're making me take here, Joshua David Stein. Yeah, exactly. That's not the point of this. You're not writing for your, you know, wife who gets your jokes. You're writing for the rest of us. You're getting derailed. What's the story? Okay. So here's a list of some some insane fast right, well, food I haven't creations. Read this. Insane fast food creations. Here we I'm go. Ready. So we already the, the double down. What is that? It's a piece of fried chicken topped with melted cheese and a special sauce slapped between two pieces of fried chicken in oh place of a bun. God. And that's I think from KFC. Is that paleo? Oh, that's hella paleo. <laughs> is that that's gluten free? I don't see a lot of gluten in it. Well, the breading. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, but they're, they're trying to tap into the impulse of I don't want a bun to be healthy. And so I'm going to put more breaded fried chicken they're, on each side they're of going, it. They're going back to Atkins craze era shit, I yeah, think. Yeah, but it's, it's fried in breading. I know, that's, it's, it's asinine. Okay. All right, double down. Taco Bell's Nacho Cheese Doritos, Taco oh, yeah. Loco Supreme. Yeah. A taco whose burrito shell has been replaced with a molded Dorito with, oh, with molded Doritos. Yep. It's not a single chip. Old news. Jack in the Box's Big, wa- big Waffle Stack. Oh. Two eggs, bacon, ham, and cheese. Twixt a pair of waffles. Oh, boy. Who do you think put in the Twixt? That's Go Joshua David Stein. squee. <laughs> yeah. Pizza Hut's infamous hot dog crust pizza. A New yeah. York pizzeria just debuted a pizza inside a box made of pizza. Oh, that's on the side, I guess. Oh, my God. You know and what some of this Burger is? And then Burger King rolled out the Mac and Cheetos. They're yep. deep-fried sticks of cheese and macaroni and robed oh in a God. Cheeto-flavored crust. Oh, this is the Guardian. All right. Yeah, I guess if you read it in a British accent, it doesn't sound as obnoxious. So what we got? We got a trend to go over the top with unhealthy in fast food. Yeah. yeah. Is it that? 
Is it unhealthy or is it uh, like just absurd? Are they trying to just? Mm. Uh, there, there's a belabored point made in this article that it's it's like kind of almost mirrors national politics here in the U.S. where you and and abroad mm-hmm. where you have like these outsized wackadoo candidates mm. representing our desire for something completely insane. That because, seems forced, but I like the idea of the is it absurd or is it just like fuck healthy? I'm going to go all in because I did I ever tell you I've told you this? Have I told this story before? Can I, I remember this story now that I've the the idea book back at Crispin Porter Bogusky where I never worked. <laughs> right? Oh, the idea book. You're dropping a lot of names today. Well, they, they had they got Burger King as a big account. And like, where do I know the name Bogusky? Years Isn't he one a, of your coffee buddies. Years after the fact, I saw the a book that they created with hundreds of ideas. Was this for your eyes only? This isn't not. There's not an ISBN on mm, this, is there? Yeah, I probably shouldn't talk about this. Too late, <laughs> but I think I think it's well. It's 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 rear Boulder mirror. lore. Everyone knows about rear the rearview mirror. It, it is lore. Everyone in Boulder well, dreams think, to hold think, the book that Mark probably snuck no, away into an office on. to flip through. I don't know where I saw that book. Somebody showed me that book, but they somebody showed you their bedroom, and that book happened to be sitting there. And while impre- they were in the bathroom, you ran in, and what ferret. did you find? There yeah. was an, there was an it was an, an impressive display of intellect woefully misguided in terms of healthy food, right? Sure. But I think it was also like, oh, we're not really so much in the making ads business. We're also in the ideating. Oh, should we bring that one back? New products game. And so they came up with the, oh, God, shit, chicken sticks or something. Oh, yeah, you have told me about something crazy out of there. There There was was something that came out of there that hit. Something that hit. It was chicken finger. Oh, God. Forgot it already. They were just chicken t- fried human fingers. Chicken fried human fingers. That's what it was. And they had like a here and like here like a Walking Dead time. Like a whole camp, not a whole campaign, but they began to flesh out like, oh, what would it look like if we made like a burger with eight meat patties on it? Like just some insane stuff. So this was happening long before the political absurdism of okay. today. Double down was initially launched as an April Fool's prank in 2010, Mark. 2010? Really? Quickly became a legitimate meal choice for millions of consumers. Was this a Crispin Porter thing? Quite possible. You might have have seen this in the idea book. This might have been in the book. Sounds like it. All right. Over 10 million were sold in the U.S. in its first month alone, and after being taken off the menu in late 2010, it returned to the market in 2014. Dude, prescient. Who knew? What's that sound? I don't know, life, a wind, a leaf blower. All right, I got you. So I think it was in the book. I think, the, I, I think I just described to you the behind the scenes behind the double down. I think you did. So, but here it is. They, so here it is. They released it as a prank named for Fool's Day joke, but it becomes so popular. You know, they think maybe people just like try the double down because it's crazy and weird, but they, they really develop a taste for it. They want that triple stack of meat, Mark. Yeah. You got anything for me? <laughs> so listen to this. Okay, okay. Here you go. Here, here's to your other point, though. I've dissected this one for you. I told you of its origin, its birth story. I think you did, yeah. As the Washington Post noted as... Tradi- ad, 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 oh, okay. ad men and women are coming up with these maniacal food products for you. I don't think anyone was arguing It's not that. a nutritionist. <laughs> well, who the fuck would have thought it would? Yeah, that's, that's who they're hiring. They're paying millions to nutritionists. 
But maybe they should because as traditional fast food chains compete with fast casual restaurants like Chipotle and Panera, they have one of two options. Either they can strive to be healthier or they can double down on the calorific extravagance. McDonald's, which recently debuted an all-organic burger, chose the path of restraint. Burger King and KFC chose the path of abandoned. Hell yeah. Are they both Yum! brands? Don't you remember that? Like Yum! brands didn't give a shit? Yeah, that was Taco Bell too, right? They're like, yeah. Yeah, that was the Kentaco Huts. Yeah, grade D meat. Who gives a shit? The kids eat it when they're drunk. Kentucky Fried Chicken, Taco Bell Pizza Huts. Maybe not Burger King. Yeah, but they were like, F it. You got to be able to eat it in one hand. You know, though, Colorado... All that natural shit is a fad. Colorado should be ground zero for healthy, craveable fast food because... So active. Cause, cause, no, because weed's legal here. And you got yeah. a lot of hungry, young people out late. And they want, their, they want like something new, something fresh, but something healthy. That was a really sad pitch. <laughs> what? Just working on my ad game. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. I think there's there's a niche here. There's a, there's a, a very you're talking about fast market. casual. I am, but I'm talking a little more. There's something so straight laced about Chipotle and Panera. Oh, they need to combine the wackadoo ethos of Burger oh. King and KFC mm. with the more noble, save the uh, planety so you could undercurrent do like a, of your Chipotles. You could do just a tofu bowl in a bowl made out of seitan well you could probably make it a little tastier than that you could do it that you're not getting jackfruit you're just you're just making fun of uh, health food right now instead of trying to push this this uh, idea forward you're trying to drag it down no i'm just trying to develop it typical attacks what are some super healthy foods that are craveable and delicious how about a sloppy joe jackfruit how about Sloppy Joe's bowl of overnight oats for you? What? Oh, those are good. <laughs> I'm thinking of stuff that's tasty. Overnight oats, but with a Sloppy Joe. No, that's the name of the restaurant, Sloppy oh. Joe's. So it's a good breakfast joint? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's Sloppy Joe's overnight oats. It's called. Because they are kind of gloopy and sloppy. It's the one drawback to them. Yeah. Once you get them in your bowl, though, and you're eating them, my God, are they good. Look at you. I'm not going to eat them right before I podcast. Wait, clog up your throat, Flemmy? Yeah. So we, I, we do have one more article. Let's just wrap it up. And I only put this in here, I think, because they followed us on Twitter or something. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I was looking up. That's not the way this thing works. Yeah, sometimes on a whim. No. You... I was just curious about this company, why Pembiant is confident in biofabricated rhino horn. Wait a minute, we've talked about Pembiant before. Are they, are they the shark fin people? I don't think they are. Uh, no, but we've all, they're more like replacing leather and bring it, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they've, I think maybe they've looked at both things, uh, but listen to this. Are they an indie bio company? Why don't you find out? They're a startup exploring the biofabrication of wildlife products. Such products have enormous cultural, practical, and artistic importance. Thus, there is tremendous value in making them available to the world <laughs> in a legal and sustainable manner. We're now pivoting away from consumables due to the numerous requests we've received for solid horn. So this is rhino horn. These requests come from carvers, artisans, and designers who want to produce durable goods, including traditional bracelets, ornamental combs, housewares, horn rim glasses, smartphone cases, and chess pieces. Hmm. So there you go. Indie Bio, they were in the first class. Spring of 2015. Well, and what that tells me, too, is that 
memory, <clears throat> memory like a sieve. It, yeah, you looked it up. It raises an interesting question, though, because when we were talking about the shark fin, we were saying that like people like to ingest the real shark fin because they believe that there's actual power in the actual shark's fin, not in some lab-grown Is there fin. any way to... In- I, I, I only heard half what you said. Do you ingest any of the rhino horn, or is it just ornamental for like... I think rhino horn is one of those things. That's just or- I think you could probably grind it into some sort of supplemental powder, though. Mm. Like gotcha. some sort of carrot and super blast. But, Let's do it. What? Let's do that. Is, Screw your is organic there, what a, snack shack. What is the talismanic power of, of objects? Is it different than that of food? Is it less of a big deal? You're going to end up... Look at you. Let's ask Edmund Doris. Desmond fucking Morris. Show some respect. He's going to change your sex life, my friend. I hope not. In Iceland. <laughs> it doesn't involve more leather jackets. On an ice bed curled up under staircases. a... Staircases. You'll have your crotch and feet will already be extraordinarily clean because you'll have just been in the sauna. And you'll be on this ice bed under a pile of fur blankets. And you can you can read to Jenny from this book to get things going. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to hearing about that. You're going to be looking forward to that because it's not happening right now. This episode is in the can. Episode 72. Natch. I don't know that it's in the can totally. We got more? Every time when I look in the mirror 
All these lines on my face getting clearer The past is gone It went by like dust the dawn Isn't that the way Everybody's got their dues in life to pay I know nobody knows where it comes and where it goes I know everybody's sin you got to lose to know how to win Half my life is books, written pages Live and learn from fools and from sages You know it's true Yeah, sing with me, sing for the year, sing, sing for the love, sing for the joy, sing with me just for the day. Never tomorrow, the good Lord will take you away. Natch, 72, whisper in your lover's ear, text the sound hawk. 303-548-6877, see you next week.